right, welcome to the podcast. This is a previously recorded slash Harry Potter and the Half Drunk Podcast crossover. That is a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am RP, and I am the host of Previously Recorded, and I'm joined by Emily and Sam from the Half Drunk Podcast. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Uh, so I thought it would be cool to do a crossover episode for our top 10 Harry Potter characters because like Emily and Sam, who are huge Harry Potter fans, I am also one. Um, and it's, it's really, it's always cool to hear from other Potterheads. So we're going to, we have our list that we made and we're going to compare them. We're going to discuss why these characters are where they are. And uh, hopefully at the end, come up with a cohesive, maybe like top five possible. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to so get hard. there. I don't <laughs> know. So, we'll so hard. Maybe if we could agree to get maybe a top, one disagree on our number one i think maybe that's that's a good uh start like stepping stone right there we'll see we'll see (laughs) i'd be more realistic to be honest though so yeah all right uh so we're i i thought it'd be cool if we you know start off with our houses um i am a gryffindor emily and sam if you guys want to say what your houses are um i'm emily for our listeners, you already know that, but for previously recorded listeners, hello. Um, I am a Ravenclaw. Very nice. Yep. And I'm Sam, and I am a very, very proud Hufflepuff. Yeah, you very are. Very nice. <laughs> um, our other two, my other two co-hosts, Bob and Shane, uh, Bob's a Gryffindor, and Shane is a very proud Hufflepuff as well. Ah, oh, love it. They're- they're coming out in flocks. I feel like more and more people are embracing the Hufflepuff. Um, yeah, it was Eddie know. Redmayne. It was definitely Fantastic Beast that made being a Hufflepuff more of like an acceptable and badassed trait to have. I definitely agree. And we might have gotten a setback from uh, Crimes of Grindelwald, but that's another, <laughs> that's another discussion. Eddie Redmayne is not even going to start. No, he is definitely not responsible for that movie. Uh, um so i also thought it'd be cool to you know talk about your favorite your books and your favorite movie yeah. i don't know if you guys want to start first just like name your favorite book and movie. um okay well my favorite book is the prisoner of azkaban um nice, nice it always has been my favorite movie used to be the last two together because i qualify those as one movie <laughs> that's um, that's fair but since we're doing like a wreath reread and rewatch um the first one actually is my favorite movie just because of the nostalgia factor um hmm. yeah wow i don't think so that right now it changes this. like the wind but... <laughs> <laughs> this is a new development you neglected to share with me it's the um, one thing you don't know about me sam <laughs> Fuck. wow right. We are doing a reread, and if you're one of our listeners, then you know that we've been doing these deep dives back into the series, and I've always said that my favorite movie is Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban because of its direction, and that still holds true right now. We'll see if that changes after we continue doing our deep dive, and I've always said that my favorite book was Deathly Hollows, so kind of the opposite of Emily's answers, yeah. but... Um, <laughs> Now, I, I don't know, like rereading Prisoner of Azkaban, it's such a stellar story that such a good book. It, it might be. We'll see at the end. I'm not going to give a definitive answer. It's either seven or <laughs> possibly three. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, my favorite movie will might be, 
I, I heard this is somewhat controversial in terms of people who are big books fans, like big Harry Potter book fans, uh, is Goblet of Fire. Oh, I thought you were gonna. Oh my god, I thought you were gonna say Half Blood Prince. No, I know you got to take that. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know there's a thing missing from Half Blood Prince, and it's called a plot. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's called a plot. plot. (laughs) (laughs) But my favorite book is Half Blood Prince. I love the like the character development in that. To me, they become like teenagers. They're going through that teenage like angst and you know the romance, and they're kind of just growing up a little bit. It turns from all the other shit that happens in like f- four and five. Uh, I just always, I just always really enjoyed that uh, that aspect of it, and all the Voldemort backstory and all the Horcruxes yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I think that's when shit like gets actually real. Like oh, it was yeah. always kind of real, but now it's like the Horcruxes and everyone is kind of dying type yeah. of real. And Ginny's a badass in that book too. Ginny really is such a badass. It's <laughs> just so beautiful. They did her so dirty for the movies. Oh, so it's oh. not. She's not existent in the movie. She's just there as Harry's <laughs> love interest. She's dull. She's crazy she in the movies. She has no personality. Yeah. Anyway. That's a soapbox that I will probably hop back on later. <laughs> <in that episode. laughs> that is that is fair because that I'm well with you on that one, but. Um, yeah, I, I love the sixth one, and uh, I wish they, they did the movie justice, and they didn't. So, that's that. Um, okay, so I think it would be good to start with ten and mark down the one. That's what we usually do. Also, I forgot to mention, so uh, for our previously recorded listeners, Emily and Sam, they have a drink for every episode that they record, just like us. They get their cool. Their drinks are cooler than what we do. We just drink straight beer. Um so I asked them what would be the best choice for this episode, and they told me to do butterbeer, and it is delicious. It If you've been to Universal, it tastes exactly like the shit from down there. It's incredible. So thank you, guys. Of course. Yeah, no, it's very no dangerous, problem. though. It, yes. I, it will get you. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely understandable. Okay, so uh, if we want to, I think we should dive into and start with number 10. I do want to mention actually one of the reasons it started, the way we started our podcast was with was ranking lists, and then we kind of moved to more of a discussion based podcast. Uh, was a top 25 IGN Harry Potter character list that was god awful. We were like, we need to correct this. So I, I think before we start, I want to run off some of their awful ones. Um, they had um, Dobby at 25. And then above Dobby, they had Grindelwald at 24. What? Yeah. Right? Uh, Oh, my God. Good thing you brought on the experts. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Because this list is terrible. They had um, Mad-Eye Moody above Molly Weasley, which I'm kind of okay with, but right at 19. But at 18, they had McGonagall at 18. And I think that that is a injustice. And they had an umbrage in front of McGonagall. Oh, God. Yeah. And they even had Albus Severus Potter on here at 21. It's Ew. a it's a rough <laughs> list. Um, so, yeah, that's we're, what we're going to do in this episode is just to, is correct that. What IGN did, ignore it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so let's start with number 10. I'll let you guys go first. Um, who do you guys have coming at number 10? Um, I'll go first. I have Snape. For number 10. I have a love-hate relationship with him, but I think he is one of the most dynamic characters of the series just because 
He was a secret agent and was very instrumental in Harry's success. So he has to make the list in some capacity. Although I still think he's a dick. <laughs> he's such a dick. He's so abusive for no mm-hmm. reason. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not kind of surprised actually that you have him at ten. I would have expected higher. No. Actually, so I'm curious to see. I'm shocked that he made her list. <laughs> what, Sam? I said I'm shocked that he even made your list. Yeah, honestly, like I don't buy into the whole always. After all this time, always. Snape was a good person thing, so I'm surprised he made my list too. But he did. He was very dynamic. So yeah, the whole see, I love the whole always thing. I do, but it's like it's a thin. It's like he was a fucking asshole for like six books. So there's no redemption in the fact that he was so abusive for literally six years, and then he's just like, well. I was actually in love with your mom, so that's forgiven. Like, no, it's not. That's why he is. Yeah. So my number 10 is Dobby. Great He's choice. Number 10 because I feel like he is more integral to the series than a lot of people may realize, especially if they've only seen the movies, which is a lot of people. Um, but even still, even if you have only just seen the movies, Dobby still plays a major role in Harry's life. Like, when we're first introduced to Dobby – He's super annoying, little ugly pest type thing, and he's trying to stop Harry from going back to Hogwarts. Dobby has to protect Harry Potter to warn him. Harry Potter must not go back to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry this year. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, quit. Like, he's trying to go back <laughs> home for all intents and purposes. And really, all Dobby is trying to do is what Dobby is always trying to do which is pretty much save Harry's ass and help him any way that he can. And like, even after Harry gives him or tricks Malfoy into giving Dobby a sock, Dobby was always Harry's like loyal, dedicated advocate, like for life. And he is always saving their asses until it leads to him losing his own life. So I feel like he's a really underrated MVP. And if his stats didn't shake you to your core as a Potter fan, You've done him a disservice. Yeah, I agree. Um, His death alone is saving Harry and the gang's ass. Right. So This entire arc is just saving Harry all the time. Yep. Yep. Like a a lot of people, too. But uh, I actually also have him at 10. So (laughs) for basically basically all the same reasons. Um, I just he's a fan favorite gets left out of the movies. But he's so he's instrumental in four, five, uh, yeah. So I love it's five's the spoof stuff, or does that happen in four? Um, that's in five. That's that's what I thought in five, and I, I love him in five when he's like wearing all the hats and mm-hmm. and like all that stuff. So basically, for everything that Sam said, I agree. Uh, at Dobby, Dobby would be my number ten. Um, Emily, is Dobby on your list at all? Uh, he was interchangeable with my next person okay so he didn't make the top 10 well no okay but he was interchangeable with number nine well then i feel like then he's solidly at 10 10 yeah because if he's interchangeable with nine you gotta bump snape out which still snape's probably gonna be in here somewhere yeah i have snape a little bit lower 
And we'll, I guess we will get to that when we get to there. Um, <laughs> but I think we have to go like a, a lock at 10, I think has to be Dobby. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that sounds good. Wow, I did not expect an agreement on the first one. This is, <laughs> this is impressive. I mean, you uh, can't say Dobby doesn't deserve recognition because he does. So. Oh, he absolutely does. We'll he, argue the best one, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, then uh, I guess we'll go to number nine. Um, I'll start number nine. I had Neville Longbottom at number nine. Interesting. That low? Uh, yeah, uh, he is low. There are my other characters ahead of him. Uh, I do love Neville. I think he's been through just as much as Harry has in terms of growing up. You know, he lost his parents, um, basically lost his parents. They were still there, but they're mentally not. And it could have been him. The, the movies don't play that out, but the books do uh, more so than the movies. And he delivers the final blow to Nagini. Um He's got a lot of comical relief, and you also just feel really bad for him at times, too. And I think he just he is a well-rounded character that a lot of us can relate to, I think. Yeah. We're, we're, this, we're this goofy but good-hearted people, and I think that's a lot of the Harry Potter fan base. Um, and I just um, – what's his – Matthew Lewis is his name I think he's played by. He does a great yeah. job in, in the films. And we went on a little rant in our Harry Potter episode about how – Attractive he is. <laughs> <He's a big. laughs> he is the definition of a glow up. Uh, oh, for sure. And uh, I was listening to his podcast it. with him, and he was just saying, "All I did was just stop eating bad food and hit the gym." I was like, "Oh, if it's that easy, like it's that well, easy. it was that simple." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam, who do you have at number nine? Um, so I'm probably going to get kicked off this podcast because I have Ronald Weasley at number nine. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is high. Favorite character. We're gonna fight. Um, but as far as character development goes, for me, I feel like Ron doesn't really get a lot of it. He's pretty much the same goofy, awkward, but loyal, good friend that Harry has for the entire series. And yeah, I mean, he is Harry's like steadfast friend until he gets jealous of Harry or like walks out a few times. Um, but he knows. Harry like better than anybody else and we don't know how Harry's story would have unfolded without Ronald Billius Weasley right there along the way um but he I think it was important that Ron was sort of like the opposite of Harry like he grew up in the visiting world he had a huge family that like loved him and cared about his well-being and they just had like completely different issues that they dealt with growing up so I think that Ron was always like the go-to character to explain the Wizarding World to us as the audience. Um, but for me, like he he's just Ron. Like there's nothing really crazy awesome about him. He's just pretty neutral, and he's kind of just there to serve as Harry's best friend. Yeah, I think that's a solid point. Um, what about you, Em? What do you have, Emily? What do you have at number nine? I have Voldemort at number nine. Um, he's the okay. main antagonist of the entire story, so he deserves to be on this list, I think. Um, he also, though, is this low because he kept getting beat by like an eleven-year-old and then a twelve-year-old, <laughs> and then ultimately felt his demise by a seventeen-year-old wizard. So, like, is he that powerful? Mm, probably not. Um, but he definitely deserves to be on the list. He strikes fear into the heart of many, um, you know, 
I think he's a very powerful character. He's also an interesting villain. You know, I have friends of who are fans of the series and he's their favorite character. And I feel like if your favorite character can be a villain as evil and ridiculous as Voldemort, then it's a good character. Very good character. Those are solid points. Um, We had him as number nine interchangeable with Ron, but I decided to kick him out and leave Ron on because I was afraid Emily would stop being my friend if I didn't have Ron on. (laughs) (laughs) So initially I actually didn't have Ron on this list. And I think that might be surprising. We are on the same wavelength. (laughs) I know. Initially, I didn't, but for kind of the same reasons, I actually had him at number eight uh, because Ron is that added humor in times of, you know, like those dark times. It's always Ron, but there's also those negative side effects where he's a jealous person. And when it comes to your best friend, you should not you should not let that jealousy get in the way for that long. It's like in Goblet of Fire, Harry needs Ron. He has nobody. He's got Hermione. And besides, like all the other people, like like Hagrid and stuff, and but he wants his best friend, and he just doesn't get it. Yeah, because so Ron f- is so just like perturbed that he thinks that Harry somehow betrayed him and got his name in the Goblet of Fire. Harry, you put your name in the Goblet of Fire. Which, like, if you know Harry, Harry's not going to try to do that, and he would have keyed you in on it if he was. Exactly, and Harry doesn't office. want that shit. He's the same way with Hermione too in Prisoner of Azkaban. He completely turns his back on her. Oh yeah, he and same thing in six. It happens in six. Uh, when with Lavender, he gets all roped up in her, and it's kind of like Hermione, leave me alone. And they have that old jealousy bit that, mm-hmm. that happens. So in terms of Ron's jealousy, is his his downfall. So. We are at a kind of a weird point because we got Voldemort, Ron, and Neville for the number nine spot. Well, I, can, I can make it a little easier because my number eight is Neville. Okay, so ours are interchangeable at eight and nine, honestly, because I don't have a problem bumping or, or moving one down. So I can go Ron, nine, and Neville, eight very easily. Okay. It's, That's fine. It's Emily. <laughs> is that... <laughs> <laughs> we got Voldemort at nine, and then Emily, who do you have at eight? I have Book Ginny at eight. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, she doesn't get screen time like she deserves, but she's a badass, and she can hang with the rest of them. And she's super powerful. When she joins Dumbledore's army, she's one of the most powerful. Mm-hmm. And Harry needs a strong partner, and she is that. She's not impressed yeah. by him being the chosen one. I mean, yeah, she had a girlish, girlish, sorry, girlish crush at the beginning, but you know, he needs a strong equal, and she is that. And I, I think that it's a shame that we don't see that in the films because I agree. You know, as good of an actress as I think Bonnie Wright is, I, the way that they wrote her character in the movies was an insult to Jimmy's character. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree. At nine. What are, what are you we can going put Ron with? at nine. I will. Ron, he, at least he's on the list. <laughs> yeah, he is. he is because I know that's a big. It's a big deal for you, right? He's your. Is, he's one he's of your favorites. He All is right. my favorite. Too. <clears throat> so for good reason, I think Ron can get locked in at number nine. Mm-hmm. And we have an agreement from one of his biggest fans. <laughs> Arguably, his biggest fan. <laughs> so I think <laughs> that. 
that's justification for Ron locked in at number nine. So we have me and Sam have Neville at eight for, I would assume probably the same reasons that I said, um, yeah. unless you want to add some, anything that you have, Sam. Um, I think really just his, like you said, his backstory being, if not just as tragic as Harry's and he was just almost as close to being the chosen one. Um, but I think for me, when it comes to Neville, it's just the fact that he really grows so much as a character, as much as like his appearance changes, changes, like mm-hmm. he changes as a person, like he's always willing to stand up to his friends and fight for what he's believed in from the very beginning. But he uh, definitely gets a lot more confidence in himself and he becomes such a badass and should be an inspiration to us all. So I'm he- well put. Yeah. Very well put. And that's why I love these books and these characters because they are they are very uplifting and I think that anybody can identify with a character in the series. Yeah, yeah. we kind of touched on that on, I guess, a couple podcasts ago for us that there's literally a character in these books for everyone. It's kind of crazy of how dynamic of a writer she is. It really is. And to see that it's become such a mass hit too, with still and still be able to give these characters because sometimes it gets diluted when you have this many characters and, and you're telling a story. But they, to me, anyway, the the Harry Potter book series and and the films as well that it's a it's a solid line. Like there is not no bumps in the story and the and what and what J.K. did and it's it's really just, it's super impressive and also why I'm giving Crimes of Grindelwald the benefit of the doubt in that it will play it will play out <laughs> at some point. This is like Act Two, and Act Three is going to clear everything up. Yeah, like Hopefully. fucking Aurelius Dumbledore. They're just going to put fuck. the plot back together in the third one. Pick <laughs> up all the broken pieces and just put it You know back. what? If Game of Thrones can do it, fucking J.K. Motherfucking Rowling can do it. Mm, she Amen. can. She could do anything. <laughs> Are you guys pretty confident with putting Neville at eight? Because I have him at seven. Oh, yes. Because yeah. I have Jenny. At I seven. have I have Jenny at seven as well. What the hell? Look at dude, get out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? All right. So that. All right. This is this is weird. Um, <laughs> I was not expecting. No, um, neither was so I. Everyone knows. Like, not even Sam and I talked about our list really before this. So, yeah. no. This is this is the first time we've talked, uh, other than over email, is right now. So. <laughs> This is creepy, but it's uh, it's, <laughs> it's weird. I think we just became best friends. <laughs> I feel like we're probably in like um, what's that one show? That sci-fi show. Um, someone do it for me. The like theme song of Twilight Zone. I feel like I'm in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Glad I finally got there. Thanks for helping me out. Zero percent. I I didn't know what you were talking about. I'm sorry. You are my brain. Twilight Zone. Boom boom boom. All right, so I think we got Ginny at seven. Yeah. Um, for a very for everything that you guys said, um, she's an awesome character. She, one of the things it's a small it's a small aspect of book six that I love is when she's telling people about the tattoos on Harry's chest tattoo. and and yeah. Ross, a pygmy puff, and they're like, <laughs> and when I rewatched. Uh, part one, Deathly Hallows part one, when they're all getting, um, they're changing into Harry, Ron goes, I knew mm-hmm. that hippogriff tattoo wasn't real. 
Yes. <laughs> I love that little, I love that little joke. I was like, I'm really glad great. that they put that in there because, you know, they didn't put the humor of that in the movie, the sixth movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad that they, you know, still in the seventh movies when J.K. Rowling came back and was like, um, I'm gonna fix this. She's like, this she, is my favorite part. And yeah, you yeah they put like little Easter eggs in there for us who have like read the books and know what these little quirks are. And it's yeah, that cr- I'm glad you brought that up. It was such a funny moment. Yeah, I loved. I like laughed out loud. Like a lot of the shit that that happens, and like Ron says, and like that little line just it it cracks me up. But while we are on the sixth movie, why the fuck did they not include Dumbledore's? Funeral scene. I don't know. That, there's there's uh, so much. Just why didn't they include a lot of it? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing I think bugs me the most. I can deal with them leaving the action out after Vol- after Dumbledore dies, but it's like that is an emotional scene. Yeah. Ah, yeah, whatever. Just dies with them there's, talking there's... about the locket. And yeah, I don't know. Just Nothing was right sense. about that movie. There was a couple little things that were like, eh, that's cute, but it's not right. It's just a fun movie to me. It's in terms of plot and leading up to the epic conclusion, it doesn't really do much. Well, it shouldn't not be even fun. fun for me. It yeah, literally it just pisses me off. I, I can't watch that movie because every time I do, I just get angry. <laughs> and I'm just like, why? Like, how did you think this was going to be okay? It wasn't. I don't know. I digress. <laughs> we can talk yeah, about that, that all that day. Little, that little funny right. line of Jenny's is very um, true to her character. Like she's very feisty, witty. She's a heartbreaker. She's got tons of guys after her all the time. She's oh, an yeah. excellent Quidditch player. I mean, she goes pro. And she's just like the feminine tomboy fusion that I feel like every girl, like we said, again, every someone relates to any character. Yeah. In these and I definitely found myself relating to Jenny a lot in these books. And I feel like she could put Harry in his place. For sure. For and sure. he needs that. Yep. And that's what he needs. And that's why I, I love her. All right. that's good. Yeah. So I, th- <laughs> I think we can roll into six then. Um, Sam, we might as well just say because we probably have the same one. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, why don't you go first, Emily? We'll let you hear your number six. Okay, my number six is Lupin. Um, these next, I mean, all of these next ones, it was really hard for me to get them in an order, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. But I put Lupin as number six just because of my justifications for everyone above him. But he is one of my favorite characters, and I'm going to sound like a broken record from now on. Um, <laughs> but instrumental to the series, such a good mentor to Harry such mm-hmm. a good character like we recently did an episode about him and we just went into detail about his life and how much he has overcome and how much he did for the werewolf community oh for um, sure and yeah so he's number six he can be higher i know sam's gonna be pissed at me for him being <laughs> at number six but you know what maybe payback for ron i don't know <laughs> um but yeah <laughs> yeah he, he- he did not crack my top 10 and I love him. I do. He's one of my favorite characters in right, the well, we're just going downhill from here. Yeah. Uh, this is all no longer best. Friend. <laughs> I, no, was- yeah, we're done. It's, it was short lived. I was, <laughs> I Sam, who's your number six? Um, so this, this is a tough one for me guys. And I'm probably going to catch a lot of shit from this, especially from our listeners. But um, 
my number six is Sirius. And he's my number six. Like, yes, I get it. Sirius was dealt a rough hand in life, um, despite being described as ruggedly handsome. And he <laughs> grew up with some pretty awesome best friends, except the obvious one let down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also grew up in like a devoutly Slytherin, pure blood house as a Gryffindor. So he was an outsider in his own home and his family treated him like shit and resented him for that. And then, you know, fresh out of Hogwarts and new into the order, he was framed for the murder of 12 innocent people, plus Pettigrew, who framed him for the murder. And then he served 12 years in Azkaban for it. And on top of that, it had to deal with the fact that his BFF and his BFF's wife were murdered because of this other friend. Right. So, so yeah, why is he tough break? Pick? Tough break for our man serious. But here's here's my issue. Is um after he gets out of Azkaban. And he's like, hey, Harry, I don't know if anyone told you I'm your godfather. Um, yeah, I'm sure that like if they would have been given the chance to kind of explore that relationship, he would have been an excellent father figure to Harry. And he did give him some great advice in Goblet of Fire and Order of the Phoenix. But part of me feels like Sirius is his love for Harry is very selfish because I feel like Sirius is a very um, self-absorbed character. And I know, I know. like. <laughs> Sue me, but the way that he loves Harry, I feel like isn't because he actually loves Harry. He loves that Harry is James's son, and he keeps yeah. trying to make Harry be James, like James's replacement in his life. And sometimes he forgets that Harry's still a kid, and he doesn't treat him like he should treat a kid. And he was also a huge fucking bully, and he thought it'd be funny to get Snape killed, and that didn't go away. Oh, like no. he still had a lot of bad feelings towards Snape when he was an adult, and that's not the role that you should be setting for Harry and also if he hadn't done that if he had like encouraged Harry to take occlumency lessons harder one could argue that if Harry had tried harder and had seen the example that that Sirius was setting for him then he would have never gotten Sirius killed by letting Voldemort into his head wow you made a strong argument there I think those are all valid because, I mean, right before he died, he did say, nice one, James. You know, I mean, definitely a good point. I think he did see James a lot in Harry and wanted him to be a replacement. So I buy that. So we, you're right. You're so, right, though. Our listeners are going to be pissed. I know. But, you know I, still, I still think he's a really good character. I just don't think that, like, I don't buy that he was a, like, better person than so, some of people i serious is my favorite character he i do not have him as number one but he is my favorite character in the series and to add to what you contributed all the facts is in uh goblet of fire when he is on the on the run and they bring him food in hogsmeade Mm -hmm. he says to them when they're talking about Barty Crouch and uh, Winky, you can judge a man by how he treats his house elf because how he treats his how he treats his inferiors. Or he doesn't yeah. say those exact words. He says you can treat, t- tell a man by how he treats his inferiors, and he is god awful to creature. Yeah, and I think that and Snape. Yes, and Snape. Yeah, well, he and he considers Snape as an inferior. Yes, he does. Yeah, which I don't think Snape is an inferior, but he is awful to him. Yeah, which. I think that you have – I had Sirius at number three, and you just made a solid argument for 
why he should be higher on the list. Lower, I mean, technically lower on the list at number six. Um, Yeah, I agree. I think that's where he belongs. I think that was that was a that was a really good argument. Uh, I'm impressed. I want to clarify. I still love Sirius as a character. I just feel like in the story, he has he has a lot more depth this way. But when it comes to like being a quote unquote good, like all around good person character, oh, he's not. Yeah, he is like you said, very selfish. I I agree and self centered. Um, but I still I just love him. I just love him. <laughs> it, was, it was really hard for me to do, yeah. but yeah. also like this whole list was hard. So yeah, I could tell by the amount of justification you went into why he was at number six. Uh, you won me over. You you had me bump him down three spots. So uh, my <laughs> my number six was Voldemort. Um, oh wow! Yeah. Um, at that. Uh, this is tough because I really do think they have such just well, like such developed characters and good characters that I think if you go above five, like 10 through five through 10, it's so interchangeable. Uh, so yeah, I think that we should have an honorable mention for the straggler at the end that we can't quite place. That is a good idea. So I think we can throw Voldemort in that column right now because we're locking Sirius Black in at number six. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I... I, Yeah, Sam, you, you won me over. And I think you won I Emily over too. I was fine with moving him. No, because I had him at number three and he doesn't belong at number three. Um, yeah, I mean, I have him at number four, but... All your reasons are valid. I mean, my reasons, right, are his good qualities. But you're right. If we're considering this list, we need to consider all qualities, which is why probably Snape was low on my list and didn't make some other lists. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, just how it is. Yeah. And like how Lupin didn't make mine. Um, And like how Ron is number nine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's never. I understand you're probably never going to let that go. Why he is number nine. I won't. That's fine. <laughs> that is fine with me. Um, yeah, so I think we got six serious black for everything we said. And we can roll in the five. Um, I guess I'll go first with five. I have Snape at five. I do too. Whoa. You guys are so weird on the same, so same wavelength. <laughs> we are. We, we really are. And uh, so it's basically two against one here. Um, <laughs> but I have Snape on at number five. Um, just because of kind of everything you said, Emily, and why you had him at nine. Um, he is, he has that, that always, after all this time, always like that's going to put him in the heart of fans and of, of people. But then it's like, yeah, I think it's, I think why too, because it's the, it's the last book and it's the last movie. And it's like, this is what we're left with of Snape. We're finding out all of this, but Hey, there was six books where he was an asshole to kids um, because of who their parents were, because of who his parents. And it was. wasn't just Harry; it was every Gryffindor, pretty much everyone who wasn't in Slytherin. Who, everyone who wasn't a Slytherin, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like the entire series, right into his death, and up into his death, at the basically the very end, we do actually have like that gotcha moment where we realize that there's more to Snape's character than just being a fucking asshole all the time. Like we're led to believe that he's just this shady ex Death Eater with a chip on his shoulder and a personal vendetta for Harry Potter, 
And yeah, I get it. Child abuse is not okay in any way, shape, or form at all. Mm-hmm. But Snape was also abused as a child. And I feel like that's something that like you can ask any therapist when you're abused as a child. Like you kind of present those qualities sometimes. Yeah. When you're an adult. And that's not doesn't make it okay. But I think it kind of explains that like he was made to feel like an outcast and a fool all of the time at Hogwarts. And he was constantly wanting acceptance from people who weren't giving it to him. So he takes out all of that on his students by bullying them. And of course he's going to bully Harry because Harry is the spitting image of the main person who was bullying him all those years. Who, who he hated. I mean, James, James almost had him killed. I mean, if you want to, th- that if Lily didn't stop that prank, how serious did James almost saved him? James saved James him. found out yes. he ran and stopped him, but he was right there with Sirius like the whole time. Yeah, and I get that, and that would probably make you want to hate who anything that resembled or had the same traits as that person. But if you love the mother, and I think yeah, it's a, it's a very complex, not entirely justifiable character trait. But that's why he's number five for me. It's because it's so complex. Yes. It's because after all, after hating him for so long, I was made to feel sympathy for him. Because we realized that even while he was detesting Harry, he was risking his life the entire time to save Harry, yep. all of Billy's memory. Like he was loyal to Dumbledore through and through after he promised that he would be mm-hmm. to try to save Billy. And he protected Harry until the very end, like always. Actually, always. Yeah. And he deserves props for I that. Mean, and actually, Alan Rickman was the perfect portrayal of him. Yes. They got the casting of, I really think, of 95% of the series completely right. I don't know where you guys fall on that, but uh, he also carried the weight. He had to kill Dumbledore. He had to be the one to openly. And he had to take all the hate from everybody when they knew that he killed Dumbledore and they were just like well fuck you were a Death Eater this whole time and we trusted you and he knew that everyone was gonna like never trust him exactly and think he was a Death Eater and he did it anyways all to save Harry and they do and I know in the book it's different because it's in the, it's in the hallway but in the movie in part two when he when Harry confronts Snape and said how dare you stand where he stood and that is just like you're you're like, this is a great moment, but you're also like, he's wrong. And that's why yeah. I enjoy the book better because Harry k- pronounces to everyone that Snape was a double agent and doing all of this before he takes down Voldemort, which is also, I understand why I was left out of the movie. Uh, I mean, he could have said it when Voldemort was suffering from the Thanos snap. I mean, it's <laughs> just, um, but yeah, I th- I, that's why I have him at number five. Uh, Emily, what do you have? For number five, I have Ron. Okay. Um, Yes, he has downfalls, but I mean, you guys just ignored all of Snape's downfalls and put him at number five. So (laughs) I think he was an extremely loyal person. Yes, everyone has faults, but I think he was a really loyal fan. Harry couldn't have survived without him um, because he kept him down to earth and grounded and gave him a family. I mean, Harry didn't have a family before he met Ron and probably wouldn't have if they hadn't become friends. That's true. So that's a big one for me. Um, also, I just think that he's his own person and he had to struggle a lot with who he was because he had so many damn siblings and felt kind of cast aside and 
lesser than. And I think that anyone navigating that, especially as an 11-year-old kid, it's a lot and not being able to voice that. But he really grew into it and he was able to express his emotions eventually and became a really good person. So he's my number five. But I would agree for the sake of the list to put Snape at number five because, yes, he did have some redeeming qualities. I think the reason that he is a good character is because everyone has their own opinion about him. And Like, you guys can love him, but I don't. And I think that that's what makes him a good character. I don't love him. Yeah, I don't love him either. But I think he deserves to be up there. I, I like, what I like about him is that after all these years, it's still, he's still getting talked about as to his actions. And it takes, and it takes a really good character to like flip the minds of 90% of the fans. Yeah. I mean, no one saw it coming. Everybody's just like, oh shit, I don't want to like Snape. Also, I have to like Exactly. And because they make that compelling argument at the end. And also he dies brutally. Yeah. He does. He does. They don't do that justice. In the movie, I cry. I think they did that actually pretty well yes. when he died. Well, I think they could have done it a little bit better just because I think the location in the book is a lot better. Well, yeah, I mean, that's confusing, to... but I still think Full that, like, the no, emotion Because he almost died portrays. in the Shrieking Shack as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that it being there was important because as a kid, the prank was actually a foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah. Because J.K. Rowling is genius. Yep. <laughs> yeah, she is. So uh, my friend just, uh, he saw the movies, but he just finished reading. My co-host, Shane, just finished reading the books for the first time. And he, like, while he was reading them, he was like, dude, I can't believe this. He's like, she she set this up to cash it out like 10 years later with book seven. And I was just yeah. like, dude, it's crazy. Uh, it is. When she writes Snape, like, you wouldn't hate him as much if she didn't write him the way that she did because she makes him seem like such an asshole. Oh, yeah. Like, even the way he looks at people, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just always going to have mixed feelings about it. And him. I think that's why he's such a good character. Yes, yeah. I agree. I think he's the most complex that we can probably get on this list. Yeah, he's up there. I have someone that I think is more complex. Um, yeah. But we'll, I, think, I think we all know who that might be. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, Emily, give me your number four. My number four is Sirius Black. Okay, so we had him at six. So, so I guess uh, for your, you kind of did. You feel like you got everything out when we like why you had him where you had him at number six. Is there anything else you want to add to why you maybe had him at four? No, not really. I he was just you know gave Harry the opportunity to have a dad, mm-hmm. and I just love his character for all the reasons you kind of said. Yeah. But I do think. He belongs lower because, as Sam pointed out, he was kind of a hypocrite. So yeah, he is the best in us and the worst in us. I think to some degree. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sam, what did you have at number four? Um, I have Dumbledore at number four. Wow. And okay. Yeah. So for I'm kind of shocked that he hasn't come up yet, but I think that Dumbledore is just a badass motherfucker, and. He's Harry's ultimate mentor and hero the entire series, and he pretty much has it all figured out. He's kind of like Machiavelli in this series, and he has his own long redemption arc that he's fighting for a long time to try to right his wrong from his past, which we know was his sister ultimately getting killed, and he's never let go of that guilt that he felt for his sister's death, Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like 
his entire arc is just like trying to redeem himself and he's afraid of his power after that moment so he knows that he's super powerful and he's the only wizard that Voldemort ever feared and he knows it for a good reason but in spite of all of that he doesn't really want to fight unless he has to which I think is like you know the just like definition of a hero and someone who should be in charge is someone who doesn't want to have the power, but does because he did want it, but then he saw the effects of it. And now he's like, well, fuck, I don't want to do that. Um, But he also deeply cared for everyone in his life. And he believed that everyone deserved a second chance. And at his core, I think that he was a lover, not a fighter. And he kind of showed Harry how to be, and he taught him a lot. And I just, I don't think that we would have ever defeated Voldemort if Dumbledore hadn't kind of been pulling some of the strings. And plus he's wacky as hell and he's fabulous and I love him. (laughs) I do love him too. I will save, I guess, when I get to him. Because I I have him a little bit further down. And I want to, yeah. So, And Emily, is he anywhere on the rest of your list? Uh, Okay. So I think we can get him. So we have... We have Dumbledore, and we have um, Emily. Did you say you said your number four, right? Yeah, Sirius. Sirius, Sirius. right? So we have Dumbledore, Sirius, and I have Hermione. And she. (laughs) The more I talk with you guys, the more I realize that there are some probably some holes in this list because she would have been dead a lot of times without her. And she is a badass. She is an awesome person and like everyone in the series she's someone you want to be she's that smart know-it-all but also a lovely and brilliant person and just a fucking badass she's always ready for everything she knows everything ah there's i can easily budge on her to like number two like i could bump her down to number two because again she's she does provide some humor here and there um and just some great moments in the series and some unexpected ones as well. Like in Goblet of Fire when she's the one with Crumb. A little unexpected at first. But yeah, I'm assuming you guys have her a lot lower. Yeah. I think we should wait to rank these next ones until we all justify. Because I think that we all have the same characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, probably. Well, not me. My number three is not your alls, I'm sure. Because... One of you already said him. One of you said he's not on your list. So, hmm. but, but also with Hermione too, she comes from a Muggle family, and to be the best student in her class is so impressive. To come from a non-magic background and to just save the, yeah. it's just it's super impressive. She's an she's an excellent character, and it's it's interesting to see the side of jealousy come out of her in Half Blood Prince. Um, so she has that that level. She's not as complex to me personally. I think she's a very well put together character. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's who I have it for. I, I agree. We should probably hear everyone's out before we settle on where we put. I guess four to the end, like four through one through four. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Because I think we're all gonna have like intense justifications at why we place these characters where they are but also i think probably the rest of the characters deserve a top four spot so you can't really go wrong i don't think at this point on yeah uh so i want to hear sam you said that your number three 
is not like ours, so I would like to hear it. Yeah, my number three was Remus Lupin. Um, He is probably, well, clearly he's in my top three favorite characters. Um, And I've already discussed at length on our podcast why I adore Lupin so much. Um, But to summarize, basically, he's the purest, kindest person in the series. He is a true, steadfast friend, despite how bitter he has every right to be at the world um, because he kind of just got a shit hand dealt to him in life. Like as a child, he was bit by a werewolf and he's had to suffer with this his entire life. And we kind of related it back to um, having like a disease, mm. maybe like leprosy or AIDS or something that like yeah. the general public makes you feel like there should be like a stigma and a shame around it. And that's kind of what is shown in these books and he kind of like portrays that but even after all of that and undergoing such stigma and hate from his the rest of the wizarding world he is still such a giving and kind and extremely gifted person and he's the best defense against the dark arts teacher that they've ever had Amen. Um, and he also he's he's kind of a depressed loner which you don't see a lot of and one of the like aspects of like people who are depressed and lonely is that they don't really see how great that they are, which is tragic, right? Because you need to love yourself and he doesn't really love himself, but he has so much love for everybody else. And I just think that he is the best marauder and he was the best role model that Harry had before he died um, on how to just be a good man. Yeah. They, they did him dirty by, by taking, well, him, with with Teddy by right. taking both his parents from him, it's bullshit. Um, but yes and no. I mean, it was it had to be a mirror. Yes, so I agree. It makes sense, but yeah, I agree. It was very um, unfair because those are two of our favorite characters, hands yeah, down. So. Yeah, um, I do like in uh, Deathly Hallows when he shows up to Grimble Place and Harry kind of puts him in his place and saying. What the yeah. hell are you doing here? Yep. This is the one moment that I, I can't redeem Lupin for is he kind of has He's scared. He has a freak out moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, right. Like everyone in these stories is complex and I think it's good of her to show a human moment. Yeah, that's that may be the most hum- one of the most human moments. It's someone that's terrified that they're having a child. Very real. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I, it's right. it's awesome. And yeah. But I realized that I'll probably just have a personal connection to him. So if you guys don't want to. Well, I had, I had Sirius at three and I think that's my personal connection character. Um, so I can understand why you have Lupin where you have him. Okay. Well, yeah. Shall we just keep moving and see what we circle? Yeah. And and Emily, who did you have at three? Um, I had Dumbledore at three. So, he was obviously instrumental in this entire series. He planned Harry's life for him, basically, um, and was the greatest mentor I think Harry could have asked for. Was he perfect? No, but none of us are. And I think, again, similarly to Snape, um, I think he's the most complex character in this series just because he has so many layers that we don't even know about mm-hmm. and we didn't know about and we like were finding out slowly. And we even are finding out more now, even if we're not asking for it from J.K. Rowling. So, <laughs> you know. True. 
I love him. I think he's fabulous. I think he's everything a teacher should be. He's compassionate, encouraging, and he believes 13-year-old kids when no one else will. And he sees the potential in the next generation. And I think that's so empowering because, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times adults and especially older adults don't see the value in children and see the value in their ideals, even if they are crazy. And like, Sirius Black is innocent. Like, he's right. No one would believe them except for him. So he is the most. I just think that he's just the sweetest character. And yes, he has downfalls, but who doesn't? And he's also human. And he represents a group of people who are underrepresented in a lot of major franchises. And I think that is something that needs to be addressed. Yeah, I did like, um, in, in terms of that, how they they didn't bluntly, but they basically referenced it in Crimes of Grindelwald uh, with the mirror and the holding the hand and that blood pact, which for anyone who is familiar with the series knows that you can interpret from that, that there is definitely some passion there, but I, I agree. I think they need to just embrace the embrace it for what it is, because that's how she yeah, always saw the character. I mean, she didn't like, she didn't make it so that it was a distracting thing so that anyone could identify to him. Right. Yeah. But I think it's important that he represents a group of people that again, are underrepresented in a lot of things. And he is a strong, arguably one of the most strong wizards ever. Yeah. And, you know, he's gay. That's awesome. And, (laughs) you know. For sure. Great argument. And very valid. And I I completely agree. So what about, let's roll into number two then. And then I think we can break down the final four. We can make it a final four um, and go from there once we get through everyone's two and one and twos. Uh, So... Sam, why don't you tell me who you have at number two? Sure. I have Hermione Jean Granger at number two. And for all the reasons that you pointed out earlier, there's really, I mean, there's really no explanation necessary. Like she's a role model for all young girls. Um, She's not without her faults though, which just makes her such a great character. She's an amazing friend and not just to Harry and Ron, but we also see her be a great friend to Jenny and Hagrid and Neville and Luna She's very compassionate and sticks up for the little guys, especially the house elves. And besides that, like you said, she came from a muggle home and she's still the brightest witch of her age. And she eventually becomes minister for magic. She does it all. But I think an important thing about Hermione is the fact that we kind of see through her eyes the um, not racism as we know it, but racism, like blood racism with them in this series. She is kind of, she's the mudblood, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of how JK Rowling touches on racism and how like extremely uncalled for and just awful that people who came from muggle homes were treated. And the fact that she was the best witch to come out of that, I think says all that it has yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. That is a, that's a great point. Um, so at my number two, I had Harry as number two. Me too. <laughs> finally, we have one. Finally. <laughs> um, yeah, I just Harry for all all the reasons is number two. He 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 is strong. Sometimes his courage is so blind that, and it's just sometimes dumb courage as well. He's just willing to go in 
um, kind of headfirst and sat just set. He's always willing to go that extra mile for the other person to save everyone. I mean, he literally gives up his own life to save the wizarding community, which there's that, that may be the bravest moment. He accepts death. And I absolutely love that moment in the book uh, and in the movie too, when he brings everyone back um, and he's just accepted his fate and he knows what it, what it is. I mean, but the best part about Harry is that he could not do it alone. Uh, he would have been so fucked if it was just him. Uh, and that's why I think he is a solid number two. I mean, he's lovable. Uh, we all can relate to him. He's been through so much trauma. He's lost every father figure he had. Um, I don't count Haggard as a father figure. I always count Haggard more as a friend. Um, yeah. And just literally... Uh, if I, there's not many people that I know that could go through what Harry went through and come out okay. So he's very strong. So that that was that was my argument for him. Yeah, my argument is very similar. Um, through our reread of the series, it's been really cool to rediscover Harry's sassy side. <laughs> um, yeah, which is like the best because he has the best one-liners of the whole series. That you know. There are actually some in the movies Mm -hmm. um, rewatching them, but in the books, there are so many more. Um, You know, a lot of our listeners, I've said before, Harry is not my favorite character and he's not, but he is the ultimate hero. Like RP said, he doesn't do it alone because he isn't perfect and he recognizes that about himself. But when the time comes, he's ready to sacrifice himself and sacrifice everything for the greater good, uh, so to speak. Yeah. Um, So... You know, I think Harry deserves to be at one or two because he, it's Harry Potter. It's not about anyone yeah. else. <laughs> right. That's, Obviously. Um, but that's... also because he just is such a great hero and he's not perfect. And I think the way that she wrote him is poetic mm-hmm. because, yes, he has been through a lot of trauma, but he still treats everyone with inherent dignity and respect for the most part. Mm-hmm. And you know, he has his downfalls, obviously, but he does. And he's accepting of people and he takes people under his wing like Hagrid and Luna and Ron and Hermione and Neville. And yeah. the list can go on and on and, and on. It's it's so. really impressive because he he handles that he knows that people are out there dying. Not I mean, for him essentially. They are dying for him. I mean, they're dying for the rest of the wizarding world, which they say, you know, you know, Ron kind of says to him, it's not always, it's not about him it's about saving the rest of the which i'm pretty sure he says that he's it's about saving the rest of the wizarding community i mean it's not it's not just about harry and um that's just a lot to he that's just a lot to handle in itself being the chosen one and what have you and i think he does a really great job and he does it so yeah. gracefully i think you know and he has his quirks right like but i am the chosen one yeah. but you know <laughs> yeah he He's also a teenager and he's having to deal with all of this. Like he gets introduced to the wizarding world and then literally his first year of school, someone's trying to kill him. Like what? Every year. This kid has been like, yeah, this kid is so strong and so resilient. And I think, yeah, he's just the perfect hero. And yes, he has his downfalls and yes, he's sometimes annoying, but we wouldn't want him any other way, you know? So. Right. So for all of those reasons that you all pointed out, um, that is why Harry Potter was my number one. That's fair. So if you all listen to our show, you know that 
or Emily and I sometimes shit on Harry. Um, but it gets easy comes to do. He love. sets himself up. It's rightfully deserved, <laughs> I would say. I, but like, he, like you all said, like he is a far cry from perfect. But I strongly believe that's what makes him the perfect hero. And if he weren't the most relatable character, he wouldn't be the top of this list. It wouldn't be Harry Potter and the fill in the blank. Yeah, I mean, he's the namesake of this entire story. If we didn't have Harry Potter, we wouldn't have a story. And he may not be my absolute favorite character, but he's pretty damn close. I mean, he deals the best that he fucking can with all of this shit, especially with losing his parents and growing up in an abusive household. Just burden after burden. And he's just like, all right, what else do you got? And he fucking performs every single time. And yeah, like he's willing to die for it. Like he's the chosen one. He's the prince that is promised. He is the prophecy fulfilled. Like he, I don't think that you can't not put him at number one. And, and like, so what if he's angsty and gets a little sad? He has the fucking right to. Yeah. Um, I love his sass. It is his ridiculous. <laughs> his sass is great. Uh, there's so many there, like you said, there's just so many great moments where you realize, you know, maybe not on your first read through, but on your second read through where Harry is just sassy. He's just sassy ass. Like it, it is great and it's funny and it works. Um, and he is justified at being the number one spot for sure. Um, However, I have Albus Dumbledore at number one for everything that you guys have said. And I just think he is the, I think he's the most complex character in this series because of what he, what he went through and he's always dealing with that, that grief of his sister and trying to make everything good. But then they also, I, I struggle with it every time I read book seven, how should I perceive Dumbledore? Is he this kind of, narcissistic person who raised a pig to slaughter, but then ended up, you know, caring for the guy or is he just, was that all kind of blown out of proportion? And I absolutely love him for, I completely agree with everything you guys have said. He is a sweetheart. He cares about everyone. He listens and he believes in these kids. Um, and he, he, but he does at some point have knows that he can get people to do things for him as well. Yeah. So he's a very I love him. I think he's he's my one of my favorite Harry Potter characters. One of I think probably one of the best characters in all of fiction. Um yeah. And he mm-hmm. is just so he's so powerful and he just accepts being the headmaster at Hogwarts when he could probably rule the and at the ministry and do a lot of things and he he was he held all uh, three of the Deathly Hallows as well. Yeah. And it's just, that's why I have him at number one. Uh, but at this point, I think, I know you guys have him at three and four. At this point, one through four are interchangeable, I think, except for, right. except, except for, for maybe <laughs> Harry. And I want to hear what uh, em- Emily has to say it coming in at number one. Well, just to make a slight comment about Dumbledore, I really like, this is the one thing I really like about uh, Crimes of Grindelwald, is that we get to see him do the same thing he did with Harry Mm -hmm. for Newt. And he roots for the underdog, and I think that's another reason to love him. (laughs) Because, you know, Newt was weird, and he (laughs) cared more about animals than anything else. And Dumbledore was like, cool, (laughs) do it, follow your passion. 
And I think that's what we need in teachers, yes. right? So, yeah. Well, okay. So my also, number one. Oh, what are you saying? Sorry. I was just going to say like another, and it, you just brought it up, RP, when you were talking about like, how do I feel about Dumbledore, about like raising a pig to slaughter, whatever. Um, I think that might go back to Dumbledore's um, root and the belief for the greater good mm-hmm. before that belief kind of like demolished everything that he loved and cared for. But he, I think he still believes that to an extent, yeah. clearly, because yes, he knew yes. that Harry had to die for the greater good. He didn't know that Harry was going to make mm-hmm. it out alive, but he was still he still loved and cared for Harry that entire time. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword with Dumbledore, um, which is why he was so complex, like yeah. you said. Uh, he also, I have the big problem with him is in... Order of the Phoenix with how distant he is from Harry. After Harry just witnessed Voldemort come back and kill a fellow classmate in this tournament. Also, he let him compete in the tournament, which is... Well, yeah, I think he knows that Voldemort is kind of... He's made the connection that Voldemort's kind of taking over Harry's brain mm-hmm. sometimes. I think safe. he also doesn't... The argument could be made that he doesn't really put Harry in any position where he's not hovering around that Harry Very can't true. handle. Very true. Very true. Again, I think that goes back to him believing in, you know, the power of the next generation. Like, he always shows up when Harry needs him. Like, down in the Chamber of Secrets. Sorry. Well, yeah, Chamber of Secrets. Fox after he, came down. But after down, Harry dies, he shows up. Right. But down when he faces Quirrell, who shows up to save his ass? Dumbledore. I mean, he's always there when Harry actually really needs and him. He and he laid it out when they searched for the Horcruxes, too. Like, he gave him right. the Tale of Beetle right. and the Bards. He gave him the Golden Snitch. Like, he had it all planned out. That's why I said he's like Machiavelli. And that's why so, I love him. I, yeah. I, I mean, think, I could definitely put him in my top three and bump Lupin yeah. up. Yeah. For sure. I think in the, you know, in the fifth one, like you said, I, I, that was meant to piss everyone off, I think, because it's through Harry's mind. Well, you feel betrayed by but it a little bit. He didn't want to put him through any more danger and like mess up the plan because if Voldemort, God forbid, got into Dumbledore's mind or found out his ultimate plan, it would have all yeah. been uh, My standpoint is that if you care about Harry, you could be like, you could be getting him messages through other people or be like, and, but exactly, you don't want to tip your hat. But it's just like, hey, man, I can't, I, like, like, hey, I can't talk to you right now, you know, something. But that's just not realistic yeah. to the story. But yeah, I, I agree. I do agree. So your number one? My number one, I'm sure, does not come as a shock <laughs> to anybody. But my number Hermione. one is Hermione Granger. Um, as I've read the series my 20 plus times reading the series, um, she is the ultimate character that I identify with 110%. Um, she is incredibly dynamic and I think doing the deep dive has made me fall back in love with her because she, you know, in the third book, as we talked about on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, she isn't perfect and she storms out of classes and she realizes her breaking point and she's human. And I think that's a lot of, that's not something that people really realize about her, but it's one quality that I love about her is that she knows when she's like, I've, I've had enough. I've taken on too much, but also she saves two boys asses Mm -hmm. she is the definition of a badass woman she needs no man (laughs) she becomes the minister of fucking magic you know i i could go on and on and on but she deserves to be i think in the top three just because she's incredibly dynamic through this entire so at our number ones we all have probably the three strongest characters we have harry albus and hermione 
as that those are our individual yeah. number ones. Um, these, this is a good final four. I will say that. So at four, we have Sirius Dumbledore and Hermione ranked. I think the clear choice for how we all played out with number three, two, and one would be four would have to be, um, well, since Sirius doesn't count since Sirius is out of that because we ranked him at six. I think four should be Lupin. Yeah. Because I have him at six and Sam has him up there. So I think that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'm fine with moving him to. I yeah, it's not. I didn't have him on my list for reasons that I didn't love him. But I, you guys, you guys both made strong valid points to why he is such a good character. He he saves Harry. If Harry if Harry doesn't know the Patronus charm, Harry and Sirius are both dead in book three. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a super strong argument. And I'm totally cool with sliding him in there at number four. If you both are, yeah, all right, sounds good to me. Easy enough. Now number three. This is where we get a little. This is where it's going to get See. crazy because the only one left would be that I we had Dumbledore at number three. Um, I think. Sam, did you have Dumbledore at number four on your list, or is that Emily? Uh, she had okay. him at four, I believe. Lupin so I believe. Sorry, I, Lupin was three on yours, so, right? Yeah, Lupin was three on mine. Dumbledore was four, but I'm so, good with Dumbledore being. Yeah, I think the way that this played out is that Dumbledore kind of has to be three because Harry and Hermione have to be the numbers one and two. Um, yeah, I agree. And it hurts me to put Dumbledore at number three. But these characters are just so dynamic and frankly amazing that the one, two, and three could arguably be interchanged. And I think, yeah, I think Dumbledore is a good lock at number three. But you know, happiness can be found even in the darkest of times. If one only remembers to turn on the light. All right, so here's the final. I think we have two, Hermione and Harry left. And we both... I'm good with moving Harry up to number one. Because I think that's what... I mean, the whole series revolves around him. So I think that he deserves to be Uh, I (laughs) I do agree with that because... Thank you, Emily. I know that was really (laughs) difficult for you to say. He makes... I mean, again, not as difficult as Ron being here. <laughs> that one but. hit you hard, I know. Uh, but yeah, it's it's Harry's it's Harry's story. It's all these other parts, but it's all surrounded by Harry. End of the day, Harry Harry makes the sacrifices. He gives mm-hmm. up his life, and he's ready to to save everyone else. He always is worried about everyone else. He's always worried about taking down Voldemort when nobody else believes him. He's always. He's always, he's the, like you guys said, he is the ultimate hero. And I think that that is justified at number one. But I am the chosen one. Yeah. Dude, we did, we did it. We did not think we were going to be able to do this. So is our list, let me just recap real quick. We've got 10 yes. Dobby, 9 mm-hmm. Ronald Weasley, 8 Neville Longbottom, 7 Jenny Weasley, 6 mm-hmm. Sirius Black, 5 Severus mm-hmm. Snape. Four, Remus Lupin. Three, Albus Dumbledore. Two, Hermione Granger. One, Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Yep. At number one. Harry Potter. You know what? I think I won. 
I think I won this list. Okay, this was not a competition. <laughs> well, the only one that changed for me were my three and four. I alternated. So <laughs> I did the best arguing, I think. I will say that since if Sam thinks she won the list, then I think I have to too because we have a lot of the same. <laughs> um, uh, all right, what? so let's have an honorable mention then. Who isn't in your top ten, but it's just a is a just a lovable character that you just love. You don't have to have strong points of why you love them, but you just you do. All right. Well, I love Luna mm-hmm. Lovegood because mm-hmm. that bitch is not afraid to be mm-hmm. herself, and I think that's so refreshing. And yeah. she's the anti Hermione. Um, she doesn't go by the book. She believes what she wants to believe, and she's unapologetic. And that's that. And she does not give a fuck. Yeah. And I think that we can all take a lesson out of her book. And I think she at least deserves an honorable mention. I don't think she's in the top 10, but I do think she deserves an honorable mention. For sure. I mean, there's so many people that it was hard for me to leave out of the top 10. I was like, can we do a top 25? <laughs> because then hard. But I also love Luna. But one character that I also really love is Bellatrix. Um, because she is just so like fucking terrifying, but also you're so intrigued. Like, what is she going to do next? Um, and I think a lot of that stemmed from Helena Bonham Carter playing her so well in the movies that she was just like the embodiment of what Bellatrix was. And I, I don't, I think that she is like a force to be reckoned with. Like she is the anti Molly Weasley. Right. So like, I, I don't know. She's just a character that I, I I don't love her, but I think that she's a great character. And she kills serious. Um, so that's a yeah. I mean, she's, <laughs> I mean, she's, she gets yeah, her. She though. does. I mean, yeah, she, Molly Weasley, another character who deserves an honorable sure. mention. I mean, the oh mother God, of this they entire. They all deserve honorable mention. Yes, all yeah. these women who they deserve do. an honorable I, mention. <laughs> Bring two strong females onto yeah. your podcast. So you no, no, it's it's cool, man. I, I agree. They are fantastic characters. But for me, my honorable mention is a package deal is the Weasley twins. They they bring so much humor. Yeah. And they are just fantastic and they're played great in the movies. Um by I uh, I'm blanking on their names. Oliver. James Oliver Moore, and Phelps. James or the Phelps. Uh, yeah, so that's my honorable mention. They even being in Universal in their joke shop is just like it's so cool. Everything about yeah. it is just fantastic. Um, so yeah, so yeah. this was a lot of fun, and I appreciate you guys doing it. Um, where can thank you for absolutely having us yeah. on here? Where can people who don't listen to your podcast where can they find you? Um, you can find us on social media at HP Half Drunk on Instagram and Twitter and Harry Potter and the Half Drunk podcast on Facebook. We also have a website, hphalfdrunk.com, that has all of our episodes and all of our drinks of the week. And then we're really found wherever you can listen to a podcast. Yeah. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Himalaya iHeart, all of them. You can find us anywhere at Harry Potter and the awesome. Half Drunk Podcast. And uh, for people who don't listen to the previously recorded, you can find us also on um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, and pretty much anywhere as well. Uh, we are not up to the level of iHeart Radio, so that's pretty cool. Um, we are on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, all at, at previously are. Um, so yeah, just look out for our stuff and if you liked what you heard come over to our podcast and vice versa um 
so yeah, Sam and Emily, I want to thank you guys again. This has been a ton of fun. And um, maybe we can do it again sometime. Yeah, thank you. I Enjoy will. Your it was beer. delightful. <laughs> <laughs>